The Boston Bruins are finding new ways to win every night, according to head coach Jim Montgomery. Last night against the Dallas Stars, it was the defense that stepped up and really tightened things down in the third period. We're going to talk about last night's game. We're going to look ahead at some looming roster decisions and bring you all the latest on the black and gold here on today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins. Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I am your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be. Today is Wednesday, October 26th, and I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts, including YouTube. So please do smash that subscribe button so that you never miss a thing. Yesterday we passed 700 subscribers on the YouTube channel. You can get some bonus content there after games and when there's breaking news. So be sure to jump on that bandwagon. If you're on Twitter, Instagram, you can find the podcast at LockedNHLBruins. And you can find me and my dad jokes and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. I am a lifelong Bruins fan. Been covering this team for various outlets for about 17 years. Covered the NHL full-time for five years with the score. And always get amped up to talk about the Boston Bruins, especially after a win. And the Bruins have had many of them to begin the season. They're now 6-1-0. and Their best start since 1969-70. Which is pretty incredible when you consider who they're missing in the lineup. No Brad Marchand, no Charlie McAvoy. I've said it over and over. It's just remarkable what they've been able to achieve so far as a team. uh, Leading the NHL in both points. Tied actually with... The Vegas Golden Knights and old friend Bruce Cassidy. But the Bruins are first in terms of point percentage because they've played fewer games. An 857 point percentage and a plus 10 goal differential, which ranks them tied with Vegas for first as well. Last night, Jim Montgomery didn't think it was a great offensive game despite the fact that three of their top players hit the back of the net. There were plays to be made that even some of the elite offensive players weren't seeing. But the checking was really improved, he said, and they won with defense. And of course, Linus Allmark was really good in net once again, making, uh, I believe, 30 saves for the victory. The Bruins had allowed some leads to slip away through the first six games. A trend that we saw a lot last season. The Bruins were able to kind of shake it off and still win over the course of the first six games. Last night did not allow 
any sense of a comeback as the Bruins lock things down defensively in the third period to maintain the one goal lead. It was ultimately uh, ensured by Patrice Bergeron's empty net goal. Montgomery said the Bruins were closing faster on plays, not allowing the Stars much time and space. They haven't really won a game doing that. They've surrendered leads, then they end up winning in overtime or pulling away late. So it was nice to close out a game where Dallas, you know, they played really hard. They were playing their third game in four nights. So the Bruins should have been fresher. Um, They did mount a bit of a push. They tested the Bruins. And Montgomery liked the way they shut things down, especially in the last four minutes. Linus Allmark was central to that. And it was his third consecutive start between the pipes. Montgomery kind of going away from the back-and-forth trend, sticking with the proverbial hot hand. Well, not proverbial, the literal hot hand. Allmark said it's not just him out there. There's a whole group of guys that are doing this together. Some guys are blocking shots, doing the right things over and over again, and it's fun to see. One of those players who deserves a shout-out is Connor Clifton. I'm giving him the Big Bear of the Night award. We've seen him throw the body around. There was such a great hit that he levied on Dallas's Rupe Hints along the boards. A reverse hit, sending the forward, crashing to the ice. Former Bruin Colin Miller took exception to the hit, dropped the gloves with Clifton. Uh, Clifton got the upper hand in that fight, literally, and also drew the extra two-minute roughing penalty that put the Bruins on the power play. David Pasternak ripped home a one-timer on that power play to give the Bruins a 1-0 lead. Montgomery said, Clifton's timing on hits is incredible. He rocks people, and that had a big impact early in the game. Uh, There were plays that Montgomery thought Dallas could have made, but because of Cliffy's early hits, they kind of rushed the plays. And yeah, you know, he was a he was a bit of a difference maker out there last night. I've talked about me seeing him kind of as a sixth or seventh defenseman, not sure necessarily an every night guy, and he could get some nights off when Anton Strawman is ready to come into the lineup, but last night um, he looked very, very good. And I'm giving uh, him the Big Bear of the Night Award. Finally, a shout-out to the Bruins' so-called second line. Uh, Taylor Hall, David Krejci, David Pasternak, they combined for two of the team's three goals. Uh, Taylor Hall... Scoring for the third straight game. All decisive goals. Two game winners. One in the shootout. And, you know, even though it was a bit of a sloppy game offensively, uh, they found a way to contribute. 
And it's a good sign that when you don't have your best, you can find a way to get on the board and find a way to get, um, more importantly, uh, the win. Um, it's a very, very dangerous line. When they're on their game, they're going to make people really worry about them when they're out there, Montgomery said. And even when they're not on the top of their game, the rest of the league has to be aware of this trio because they can uh, bust out on any given night. So that's kind of the uh, story of the game for the Boston Bruins last night. A game in which, uh, you know, perhaps Dallas had a bit of the upper hand. Five on five, Dallas led possession-wise in terms of shot attempts. They led in terms of shots, scoring chances. High danger chances were were pretty even. Uh, But overall, Dallas had the advantage in uh, shot attempt differential, scoring chances, The Bruins held the advantage in high danger chances and expected goals overall and uh, a well-earned win for our Boston Bruins. Going to talk about the return of Brandon Carlo, how that affected the roster, and what other roster moves could be coming here in a moment. But first, a quick word about BetOnline. It's your number one source for betting football and the start of a new basketball season, as well as the NHL and the upcoming World Series. You can find all the latest player props, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all sport wagering information with live betting, up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, Again, including MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at BetOnline, where the game starts. Brandon Carlo returned to the lineup last night, and it caused a player to be sent down to the AHL going to talk about that but I want to thank you again for making Locked On Bruins your first listen today for your second listen check out Locked On Sports today from the games that matter to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today available on your podcast app YouTube wherever podcasts are available So after missing four games with a concussion, Brandon Carlo was back in the lineup. He played pretty well defensively, uh, particularly in the closing minutes when the Bruins were trying to lock down that one goal lead. He had 18 minutes, 29 seconds of ice time in his return. And he said that uh, he felt pretty good after the game. Montgomery called him a beast. It was great to have him back. They've been able to have success without Carlo, without Matt Grizzlick, without Charlie McAvoy, who's still going to be out for a while. And it's nice to know that there are guys who have stepped up and also guys who um, are going to be making the returns. Uh, Brandon Carlo for the night. 
Um, while he was on the ice, not the strongest game possession-wise. The Stars had nine shot attempts, five on five, while he was on the ice for only three for the Bruins. But, again, he was able to help lock things down in the final minutes, and uh, it's great to see him out there, healthy, prayers up that he can avoid another head injury. Now, to make room on the roster, Jacob Lauko was assigned to Providence, which makes sense because he was the one player that could be sent down who was waiver-exempt. That's not true. Felino and Riley could have been sent down because they cleared waivers less than 10 games and 30 days ago, but they're more in- integral players pieces to the Bruins at this moment. Lauko had been in and out of the lineup and uh, they've decided on AJ Greer as that depth forward with Jack Stanika as the extra guy since he does have to go on waivers to be sent down. I got a mailbag question about Brandon Carlo specifically comes from Natasha M. Keating, who asked, hate to ask this, but Carlo, would it be better to trade him healthy than keep him until a career-ending head injury? I mean, that's certainly a concern for Carlo. Um, The next head injury could be his last. Could be one that knocks him out of the lineup permanently. So it's kind of a double-edged sword there. Teams probably wouldn't want to risk giving up an asset for a guy who has such an extensive concussion history. And like we saw last night, and as Montgomery said, Brandon Carlo has the ability to be a very effective shutdown defenseman with some offensive upside. We saw him dangle in the offensive zone once to try to create an opportunity. Uh, head coach Jim Montgomery wants to see him explore that side of his game. He's signed through 2026-27 at $4.1 million. Probably a touch high for a player of his ilk. And again, might be... You're not going to get anything of substance for him, despite the fact that he's only 25, but because he has that history. It kind of leads into another question, though, because, as mentioned, Charlie McAvoy will be coming back at, at some point, as will Brad Marchand, and the Bruins will have to make some space to accommodate both of those guys. Right now... You have Charlie McAvoy on LTIR, so his $9.5 million contract isn't affecting the salary cap. Brad Marchand, $6.125 million. Uh, he can um, come back. That right now, he's just on IR, so his salary cap hit still on the books. So when the McAvoy is ready to come back, the Bruins will be about uh, three, 3.25 million over 
the cap, I believe. Somebody's got to go. The main suspects would be 33-year-old Craig Smith, who's making $3 million and has two assists in five games to his credit so far this season. You have Mike Riley, who's making $3 million, and Matt Grizzlick, who's at $3.6875 million. Out of those three, my preference would be to keep Matt Grizzlick. If you can deal Craig Smith, I think you have, you know, you got Jack Stanika who could step in and play center or wing on the third line. You can call up a guy like uh, Mark McLaughlin perhaps to be the extra forward or Oscar Steen, bring Lauko back up. Once McAvoy is healthy, you'll have nine defensemen under contract, so it makes the most sense that a defenseman will be moved. So you're going to want to keep an eye on Mike Riley. If you take him off the lineup, you might still have to make a corresponding move to get the full cap space. And don't forget, you're facing overages for Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci potentially, so you want to try to get over that bare minimum and leave some cap space to compensate for that. Matt Grizzlick might get the best return out of all them, but at the same time, he's been very, very good since coming back from injury, and uh, I'd be very reluctant to give up uh, that asset because if the Bruins are going to go far this year, they need their, their top players, and he's one of them. He's one of their top four defensemen without question in my mind. Going to take a look at what's next for the Boston Bruins coming up later this week. But first, a word about Simply Safe. I don't know about you, but home security is always on my mind. And the numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their homes. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24 7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. They blanket your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, as well as HD security cameras for inside and outside your home. Smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real. Even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. You can save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com slash locked on NHL to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, with the Bruins improving their record to 6-1-0 last night, they now have a couple days off before a back-to-back situation later this week. They will take on the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday evening in Boston. The Red Wings 3-1-2 to begin the season. And 
they also do not play until tomorrow night. So two fresh teams uh, will be in action there. It will be a good test for the Bruins, an even bigger test for the Red Wings, who are looking to show that they are indeed a team to be reckoned with in the Atlantic Division. I believe the Bruins can teach them otherwise. On Friday evening, the Bruins will travel to Columbus to take on the Blue Jackets. Columbus, not off to the strongest of starts. They are 3-5 through 8 games, a 375 point percentage, a minus 8 goal differential. Um, you know, they added Johnny Godro, but their team defense uh, has not been strong so far. And uh, Elvis Merzlikens, who I have in a salary cap league, keeper league, has not been good so far. So it could be a bounce back game for them, but it could also be, hopefully, a game where the Bruins, again, beat up on a lesser team in the Eastern Conference. That's what's coming up. Later this week for the Boston Bruins. Tomorrow on the show, we'll do our weekly cup check where we look at the top five teams around the NHL and see where the Bruins stack up. Cup half full, cup half empty. The cup being, of course, Lord Stanley's Cup that the Bruins are trying to win again this season. I think that's it for today's episode, friends. A very entertaining and encouraging win last night against a team that had been off to a strong start. And again, uh, just the thought of this team with Charlie McAvoy and Brandon—not Brandon Carlo, Brad Marchand—gets me incredibly excited for what can be uh, this season for the Boston Bruins. Don't want to get too ahead of myself. It's still early, but the early returns are. Just unbelievable for the Bruins. Happy Wednesday. I hope your week is going well. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you again here tomorrow on the Locked On Bruins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your favorite team every single day.